2: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast.
0: Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support The Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from and The other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com. And thank you for being a listener to The Arn Show. I'm back to remind you this week of all the exclusive content you can find right now at adfreeshows.com. Not only are all your favorite wrestling podcasts early and ad-free, but there's so much bonus content in the archives that you could literally spend weeks, hell months catching up on all the content that you can't find anywhere else. Listen up adfreeshows.com also has all the past exclusive starcast interviews available to you including aew's own cm punk and his memorable interview with pw insider mike johnson from his hometown in chicago in 2019. i'm sure you don't miss the politics or fighting or trying to get your way or making others understand your vision but do you miss the Performance of it? Do you miss getting in the ring? Do you miss calling spots? Do you miss performing and having people react the way that they did when you walked out on stage today? That aspect of it, is there any part of you that still misses it or have you moved on? Sign up now and you can hear Punk's response to this and so many other great questions as we all enjoy this amazing roller coaster ride in wrestling. There's never been a better complimentary piece to your wrestling fandom and becoming a member at adfreeshows.com
2: right now. Hey, before we get going, first of all, I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate all of your support. It means a lot to both me and my co-host here. We're working hard to entertain you every single week. But behind the scenes, I'm working hard on something else. I want to share with you. Check out this five-star review from my man, John K up in Raleigh North Kakalaki. he wrote, I've been a fan of Conrad's podcast for several years, given how home base have skyrocketed in our area in the last 12 months. I wanted to see if a refi that could consolidate our credit card debt was worth exploring Diane Brandy and bill were an absolute pleasure to work with. This was by far the smoothest mortgage process and fastest closing out of the four I've been through. Thanks to first family, we were able to refinance to a lower rate and pay off all of our credit card debt. This will save us north of $800 a month. I cannot stress how huge that is for my wife and our two kids. This is the fresh start we've needed. I can't thank the team enough and will recommend first family to all of my family and friends. Thanks. No, thank you, John. I greatly appreciate your support and thank you for leaving me that review over at conradreviews.com. Don't take my word for it, guys. We make saving money fast and easy. See for yourself what people are saying at conradreviews.com. But then give us a call. Find out how much money you can save for free at 888-425-0105. Yes, that's a toll free call. Or maybe if you think you have a unique situation, just shoot me an email. Conrad at savewithconrad.com or better yet, get a quick quote right now. Find out how much money you can save for free. John saved more than 800 bucks a month. What's your number? How much can you save? Find out at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention we're licensed in more than 40 states? And with rates as low as they are right now, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Your home is probably worth more than ever before. And this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to use that equity to change your life. Get out of debt faster with cheaper monthly payments and keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. That's SaveWithConrad.com. Hey hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Arn. And of course we can't do it without the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen. He created the damn spine buster. Ladies and gentlemen, he is double A. He is the enforcer. He is Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Hello
3: everyone. I'm just fine. Thank you very much. Glad to be here and glad to be doing this podcast with you again.
2: Man, I'm so excited. We've got so much to get to. I don't know that uh we have really Contextualized how big this era of professional wrestling is, not just in your life, which is certainly what we're chronicling here on the show, but just the handful of shows that are on the horizon here, the major moments. You know, we're going to be talking about putting hard times on dusty roads today. Uh, we're going to be talking about creating the four horsemen next week, uh, and then in two weeks we'll be talking about Starcade '85 and the fallout. This is just maybe the golden era, a golden age, if you will, of Jim Crockett promotions here. This we'll call it last quarter of 85. Is it not?
3: I use those same words in describing this period. It was the golden age. Uh, a lot of lives were affected for the better. A lot of, uh, wrestlers and people affiliated with wrestling life got much, much better during this time. And that's across the board. The whole wrestling industry has flamed up.
2: It has indeed. And it's flaming up again these days. We hope you guys are catching on every Wednesday and every Friday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago showed it in the way I wanted it to. I was hopeful that young Brock Anderson could pull off the upset. It didn't go his way. And that damn black, phew, I hate his ass coming in there and using his educated feed on you and the no, no, that's not
3: cool, man. Well, you learn to expect it. And I expected something of that ilk, uh, to happen. You can always hope for something else, but I, I I kind of expected it. And you know, if it was happening to somebody else, I might even admire it, but it just so happens this go around. It's, me and Brock. And so my ass is more than a little chat.
2: Well, I, um, I can't wait to see how it plays out because, uh, I know about the Horsemen and I know about the nightmare family and I know about Arn Anderson and I'm ready to see what's next. So stay tuned. All elite wrestling every Wednesday, every Friday TNT is the place to be. Let's jump into it right now though. Let's talk about October of 85 October 4th. You're in Hampton, Virginia. You're going to be, uh, tagging with your old pal Oli, and you're going to be taking on the world champions, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. It's kind of fun, man. World tag champs versus national tag champs. That's a cool little deal here in October of 85.
3: You know, it really is. And uh, just to tell you the way the business was in those days, Hampton is only probably 25, 30 miles down the road. If that from Norfolk but it was an entirely different market. That's the way things were in those days. You didn't have necessarily have the, you know, the Norfolk crowd bleeding over to Hampton. It was, you know, local Hampton people. So it was, uh, it was cool.
2: It was cool. Uh, you're going to be in, uh, Philadelphia on October 5th, this time in singles action though, it'll be Manny Fernandez and yourself. At this point, did you already have a rhythm and sort of your standard Manny Fernandez match, or was that even a thing here in 85?
3: No, with a guy that was experienced like Manny. um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you, you just went to the ring and, uh, whatever the mood was that that's what the match became and, you know, with veterans that were seasoned and polished and you know, had a lot of experience, you just went out there and you just winged it and, uh, you saw the temperature of the crowd and saw what they were buying. And, uh, with Manny, it was always very physical, you know, and I like it that way. Anyway, you know, I like, I like something that the audience can feel and that I can feel and that Manny can feel. And so we slugged it out pretty good. And, uh, That would have been a crowd that would have appreciated it. I would imagine it would have been a split crowd. We were big baby faces, but I don't think yet in Philadelphia, I think they were just the, the crowd and Philly was trying to figure out who and what we were all about and, uh, we were building a reputation starting to anyway.
2: We, uh, we need to go ahead and take a time out now and play a little clip from the syndicated show. October fifth, nineteen eighty five. It's a classic Arn Anderson promo. Here we go. Let's see what Arn's got to say.
1: Right here, one half of the national tag team champions, and of course, we're talking also about a half of the Minnesota Recy Group, Arn Anderson. Arn, you're very perceptive, Bob. But let me take this, which is mine, and nobody can do anything about, and put it aside for a minute. Now, Bob. The whole idea of the American dream, as it were, is that in this land you can be what you want to be and do what you want to do. Well, Desi Rhodes, you've thrown a big-time wrench in a lot of people's plans around here by taking that world television belt and hiding it in the closet. Me, for number one, would like to have a shot at that. Now, Rhodes, if you're the man you say you are, and you deserve all these people's support all their love and everything they give you, then why don't you stand up and be a man and defend that title, get it out of the closet, dust it off, and defend that title against Double-A, and let's find out if you are truly the best there is in the world television champion. Iron He is the champion. He's taken on a lot of challengers. When you talk about having your work cut out for you, the dream has been the world's champion two times, Arn. Exactly, Bob Cottle, but let me just ask you to check your memory. When was the last time Dusty Rhodes defended that belt? Can you think? No, I can't think either. I don't think Dusty knows. He's running. He's hiding. Rhodes, I want you right on national television. Defend that belt against me right on national TV, and there won't be a question if you're a champion.
2: So there you go, throwing down the gauntlet at the American dream. Hey, you're not defending that belt. And of course the next day you're going to go ahead and tape on October 6th in the WTBS studios, an episode of the six Oh five show that would air on the 12th. And when you're recording that you do a promo saying that you're the new television champion, uh, and of course chaos. Is here. Uh, this is a fun time in professional wrestling. Is it not?
3: Oh, it's awesome. Well, dusty, you know, when was the last time you defended it? Right. Been a while. Right. So is it this around the time that, uh, the law of possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> That's right. Came about. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't going to defend it, I'll just take it away from him. That's pretty much what happened.
2: Well, and you took his leg from him in October, but I mean in September, but it hadn't made air just yet. Uh, but when it does and fans realize what's going on, um, Dusty's looking for revenge and it happens on the twelfth. It airs on the twelfth on worldwide, a week later. Let's take a listen here.
4: An exciting program, but well, we've gotta slow it down a second because you've got some news for us. We all have some news. Well, David, last week we talked about the N.W.A. releasing the tapes of the incident in which Dusty Rhodes was seriously injured. Uh, we have those tapes uh, released by the N.W.A. I think we're going to take a look at the portion of the tape right now. All right now, there you see that match right there. It's the Russian Nikita Koloff is in there against the World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair. There you see he is pounding away on Ric Flair. He has him. Snap Mary takes him over. Now, there you see it the other russians come in how many times have we seen this how many times have we seen and we saw them just a minute ago in a in a six-man tag but how many times have we seen two on one three on one when the russians try to get the advantage pressure Khrushchev comes out he shuts the cage he makes sure no one comes in but david as as you know as uh, disheartening as this was right here it was only a prelude of some real wild things to come because right now rick Flair's in a lot of trouble that's right but there's the man Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. He goes right after Crusher Cruise. Yes. Gets him out of the way. Now he comes in the to help Ric Flair. He uh, goes in there. Coming to the aid of the nature boy, Ric Flair. And, and you got to realize that Dusty Rhodes came in, you know, out of his own will. He decided that, that, you know, maybe Flair needed some help, and he did need some help. And he cleaned house. Dusty Rhodes, there you see. He's got Ivan. He pounds away on Ivan. Really working over Ivan Kolov and David. There he goes. Ivan says, I've had enough. All of them, them. All of them. They leave. And, you know, I mean, right there, Dusty Rhodes cleared house. And there they are. Both men. The top two men in the world today. In that cage, Dusty Rhodes had just come to the aid of Ric Flair. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've seen that much. But
5: there's a lot more.
4: There is a lot more. All of our fans, David, it's hard for me to conceive what transpired. What would you do if someone came into your, to rescue you, to help you? What would I do? You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, ha- it's happened to me. You know, Rick, Rick, is players come and he's helped me. All right, let's go back. Let's go back and watch it now. Let's take a look, David, exactly. We're going to see a portion of what we just saw. Now, Dusty has already come into the ring and he's starting to once again, as we have seen before, clean house, as only Dusty Rhodes can do. And I mean, take a look at what this man does. The determination, the absolute you know, hatred he has for this Russian team. And he really just gets rid of them.
5: And like you said, there stands two of the top wrestlers, the two top wrestlers in the world.
4: The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. If you add together the number of matches they've won as singles, it's gonna be, be a number that no two wrestlers will, will ever be able to reach in the history of professional wrestling. They've won more matches. Yeah, first, it looked single like hands. Rick was reaching up uh, to give his hand to Dusty, but now he starts to point that finger. David, the cage swings open, and who comes in? The Andersons, the cousins of Ric Flair. Look at him. Look at him start to pound away on Dusty. It's an old cliche. I know that blood is thicker than water, but I guess even blood is thicker than friendship or even helping out your fellow man. But here's the most disappointing thing that I've seen. Rick, there are Locking the gate. You know, at first it looks like he was dazed, but he, he goes over there and locks the gate. So no I, one can get in. When I was at ringside, I said, well, Flair maybe is trying to, you know, get out and get away from the situation because he's, he's got a man who has helped him. He's got his cousins. He even goes for help. Yeah, but he's man, not doing that. He went and he locked the cage door. Now, meanwhile, the Andersons beating on Dusty, and look here.
5: Rick Flair starts to really pound away on Dusty. Look, he starts to stomp on Dusty's
4: legs. Dusty, obviously dazed, obviously stunned by what is going on, and then we haven't seen anything yet. Fans, take a close look at what you're about to see. Rick is directing the Andersons to stretch that leg
5: out. Nah, no, he says no. He wants it exactly in a position. Look at. It. This one extra one. Now he goes up on that top rope.
4: Ric Flair's been in so many battles and has fought so many men. You know he knows exactly what to do every time he gets in the ring. He's he, up there. Oh, he knew what he was doing here, too. Jumps right down on that ankle. Look at him. Still stomping away. Stomping away. And, David, we know what that means right there when he curls that leg around. That's right. Ric Flair goes for that figure four. And there's more, Tony. There is more, fans. Stay right with us. All right, look-
2: Aaron, th- this is maybe one of the most famous angles you were ever involved in. Is that fair to say the, the most let's, uh, let, let's take a listen as, uh, it, the volume gets turned up when fans start to come in and other, uh, the other baby faces.
4: Rick has that figure four on dusty, the figure four leg log, the most famous move in wrestling that Ric Flair applies. And now here are the friends trying to get That's in. That's right. Dusty has a lot of friends. The World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, Magnum CA, Terry Taylor, Sam Houston. They're all trying to climb over the fence to get in. They can't get in. That gate is locked. Now Magnum, Magnum right here, it looks well, he's like... He's trying to tear it off the hinges. He is going to tear that gate off the hinges if need be to get in to help Dusty Rose. Still trying to get in. Still that figure four applied. It has been flying for a couple of minutes now. And here they finally get in. That's right. And look at them pour in. And look at the Andersons. And World Heavyweight Champion, Rick are clear, they try to get out now. The Andersons trying to get out. They, they find that the door, the door may be a little bit jammed right here, David. So what do they do? Again. Again, they go back and try to make sure. They go after Magnum. They go after everybody. But they, the main thing, they want to go after Dusty. Dusty, as you can tell, David, laying in the center of the ring. And he is really in a lot of pain. That's right. He's not moving a muscle. They, you see, they got one last kick in before they leave. There they go. I'm sure. Very happy about what they have done. Nature boy, Rick Flair, the world heavyweight champion, his cousins, the national tag team champions, Ole and Anderson. After inflicting all this injury, all this pain on dusty Rhodes, they leave. And now right now, everyone's in a state of shock. That is-
2: You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, when people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. So carry me through this. You leave the uh, cage. There's been a lot written and said about what that was like, you know, that it was a near riot. That's what's been reported. You were there. How much of that is just fishing tales, and how much of that is real.
3: As real as it gets. What a multi-layered sophisticated angle. Yeah. This was so many, uh, guys were switching sides back and forth and and playing out their own angle, playing out their own animosity towards each other. And if you start at the very beginning, you got Ric Flair in there with the Russians. Now Ric Flair in that situation would have been the baby face.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh the Russians already had an ongoing angle going with Dusty. So when Dusty came down Philosophically, if you think about it, maybe he was there to, you know, further his own angle with the Russians. It wasn't so much about Rick that he was making the save on. Uh, anyway, he cleared the ring out. Now you've got Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. It looks like things are going to be fine. Uh, I'm sure Rick at that moment in time, Nikita was about 285. Ivan about 260. and Barry Darso, 300 pounds. He was, glad to get any help he could get, uh, at that particular point in time. So just when you think everything's copacetic and the angles go, you know, it, that's going to end right there. You do bring the Anderson's down now. No better target in those days than dusty roads. You want to make an impression. You want to get everybody's intention. You want to get in the main events every single night. What do you do? You chap dusty roads ass. Well. Yeah. We slid in, you know, Rick and myself and Oli had already been having some backstage conversations and, you know, what about this? And what about that? And we got your back, you got our back and all these different things, conversations would already been brewing. So, you know, when Oli and I jumped on Dusty, we saw an opportunity that no one was looking for. And Rick had a decision to make. It was a no brainer. He went with family and, uh, things got really, really, really nasty at that point in time, uh, when we, you know, when Rick joined in and locked that cage and joined us on our attack, it was like people's heads. You could just see it. We're we're just spinning like what in God's name am I seeing here? And, uh, When we were done, we thought, you know, you brought some baby faces down. We tried to get out of that cage. One time the audience, uh, pushed forward and would not allow us to get out. So now we're in a situation where you're trapped in that cage and guys are coming down and these are guys of mention the rock and roll express and some different guys and Magnum all coming down and, you know, normally they would come in come in that door, run off the, the bad guys. And that's the end of it. But when those guys started getting knocked off the cage, things took a different tone. Yeah. The audience, you, you know, the audience, you could almost see on their face, Conrad, it was like, Oh God, nobody's going to save this guy. This is going to be, you know, we're, we're witnessing something that's at a different level. Um, finally we got got the door open and got out there and, uh, in the crowd, like I've said before, my hat's off to them. Uh, about 10 Atlanta police officers had to literally cut a path, a swath back to the locker room and brother, they were knocking fans on their ass to create a, a a way for us to walk. And it, it was the only real riot I've ever been in as far as, I was terrified.
2: Yeah, that's and what I-, I was gonna ask. Not in terms of, you know, I mean I know in character you're Aaron Anderson, you're badass, but then there's the real life Marty Lundy who sees all of a sudden real violence, not scripted, not guys who are professional, but crazed fans. And I was gonna ask, was part of you like, uh, I'm a little scared here. This is real. This is not part of the show. And you just said you were terrified. I can't imagine, you know, what that must be like where, and that's really what makes wrestling great. You know, I was going to ask, and boy, I, I know in another era, you to just reach through the phone and slap the taste out of my mouth. But there is a suspension of disbelief that we all look for in, in wrestling. We want to get lost in it. We want to live in this, this world, this alternate reality. What percentage of fans would you say were just stone cold believers here in October of '85?
3: If you had, if you had 30%, let's just say that believed everything was 100% on the up and up. Right. And you've got 10,000 people.
2: That's 3000 pissed off folks.
3: That's 3000 people trying to kill you. Yeah. Now, thank God they were in areas of the arena that they couldn't get to us. Ours was You know, what was uh, 10 or 12 or however long it took to get us, however many minutes it took to get us to the locker room, that was a straight line that was being formed uh, to get us back. Uh, Barricades were not what they used to be or what they are now. And, you know, security was not what it was. Thank God that was a big show and the Atlanta police were there. I'm telling you, Conrad, be easy to throw my chest out and go, well, shit, you know, I kicked the shit out of 22 guys on the way back to the locker room. That's not so right. 22 guys probably kicked the shit out of us all, all the way. And in those days, you know, it was towards the tail end of, of, of fans actually getting in the ring and stuff. And, you know, the, the business was trying to, amp up security and all that stuff, but people were still getting cut. Batteries were getting thrown from the upper deck. You know, you didn't know because we were having to literally fight for our life, stop, catch our breath for just a second, regroup. And here we would go again. You didn't know if a guy was going to, you know, reach through there and stick a knife in you. Could have very easily happened. Uh, there were plenty of instances of that kind of stuff there were no metal detectors or any of that trying to get in the building. It was as real as real can be. And I'm telling you something, man, I was scared to death. And when we finally got to the locker room and we're looking around assessing each other and seeing who was hurt and how bad and all that, we're all bleeding. Everybody had their head split. You know, there was, you know, uh, fingernail marks down people's back where they had just reached out, trying to grab you and scratched the shit out of you. It was, uh, it was one of those deals, and we looked at each other, and it wasn't one of those. Ah, Goddamn! What what an angle! I, it it was wide-eyed, man. We almost died. Yeah, that was the consensus, and that's a feeling I haven't had before, or had since. And it was just, but it was an angle that that launched so many angles within Jim Crocker Promotions. What a what a bond bonfire flamed up from that.
2: It's going to be one of the biggest, brightest spots in wrestling history. You know, the, the infamous promo, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get to that as we build towards Starcade. but hard times was born out of that. But, uh, now let's hear Arn Anderson, the same weekend that aired that same episode of worldwide, October 12th, 1985. Let's see what's on orange mind here.
1: Iron Anderson. Well, David Crockett, it really depresses me that Dusty Groves doesn't have the guts to stand up and be a man and defend his, or what would I say, defend his ex-world television title. But henceforth and forthwith, David Crockett, I want you and the entire rest of the world to recognize me as the world television champion, and this is officially my first title defense right now.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Iron Anderson. He says he is the world's television champion, and not Dusty Rhodes. I think Dusty Rhodes will have something to say about that. He's going to the ring now. Entering the ring, Iron Anderson again, half of the National Tag Team Champions.
2: So how about that? Just uh, claiming yourself to be the uh, the new television champion. Uh, you had a, a quick little squash match there. You're not done, though. You're on the Mid-Atlantic show that weekend. Let's see what you're saying here. Arn
1: Anderson right here, fans. One half of the national tag team champions. Arn? Well, Bob Cottle, like I've said before, I am one half the national tag team champions, and there's nothing anybody can do about that. So I'm just going to kind of put this to the side for just a second. Now then, it's been brought to my attention that Dusty Rhodes has fell on a little misfortune. <laughs> well, Dusty, I hate that. I-, I heard you may have even had something to do with that, too, Arn. Well, we're going to leave that alone, too, Bob. Like I said, you have my condolences, Dusty. But furthermore, Bob, as you know, I am the number one contender for that world television championship, am I not? I agree. Okay, Bob, in a car race on the NASCAR circuit, if you have a wreck, what do they do? They pull you aside and continue the race. If you're in a boxing match, you get TKO'd, they set you down and you go to the showers. Okay, if you're in a baseball game, it starts raining, the team is ahead, that's who wins the game. Well, Bob Cottle, as being the number one contender for that world television title, I am now officially claiming that title... It is mine, I am the number one contender. If the champion or the so-called champion can't get out and defend that title, that means you gotta give it to the number one contender. And I want everybody, including you, Bob Cottle, I want Jim Crockett's promotions, I want every wrestling fan across the country to recognize me as the world television champion. That is what I am as a starting right now. Anybody doesn't like it, that's tough luck. Like I said before, you don't like the way I do things, that's tough. You don't like the way Dusty Rhodes does things. What do you do? You condone it. Well, uh, he's no longer your champion. I'm your champion. Anybody doesn't like that, like I said once again, step up. I'll defend the title. I'm a real champion. I'll defend it against anybody, anytime, just like the world television champion ought to do right on television. It's been your pleasure. Fans, there you heard it. Arnett. Dude,
2: you were in the in the – you were in the – the groove right there, dude. That was good stuff.
3: Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I should have been gotten a trial lawyer's plaque and uh, a license to practice law after that dissertation because every bit of that makes sense to me. Doesn't it?
2: I can't argue it. I want to mention as you continue your journey October 7th, you're in Canton, Ohio, picking up a win over Sam Houston, doing a TV taping in Shelby uh, where you would beat Gene Ligon with the gourd buster at the 52nd, uh, 57, uh, second mark, which we just heard the preamble for October 9th. You're at the Dorton arena, uh, beating Ron bass in the opening bout on the card on the 13th, uh, Manny Fernandez is going to, uh, to pick up a win over you. But during the bout, a fan strikes you with a cane and news of that incident is picked up by the associated press. What do you remember about this moment at the Charlotte Coliseum, October 13th, 1985?
3: Well, gosh, I got hit so many times with canes and I am not kidding you nine. I'm going to say nine out of 10 times. It was somebody's granny. Yep. And the thing that, that people are going to laugh at or scoff at here. Cause by, in those days we were slugging it out and, uh, you know, we we're bringing it, you know, we we're whacking each other pretty good. Don't think that a granny whose ass is chapped and is really pissed that you're down there stomping Ricky Morton's brains out or whoever the baby face may be at the time, don't think they can't put a little mustard on a cane. When they are solid wooden canes, brother, they whack you across the back or the back of the head, you know, it. And in that particular time, I don't know for sure. I would guarantee almost that it was a, uh, someone sitting up close who had bought a premier ticket. I don't think we would have been out in the crowd very far. So somebody reached across that, that rail and lit me up. I'm sure of it. And, uh in those days, they got away with it and brother, what a pop it would get. But, you know, let's just say, uh, they made canes really good back then. In some (laughs) cases, a viable weapon. I don't know for a gang fight, but in that situation, yes,
2: sir. Is this something where, um, I mean, obviously if it's a little old lady, it's not like you're going to take her in the back and, the promoter is going to have the boys work her over, beat her up like in an episode of the casino. Uh, but what, what's, what's protocol there. You just have security throw her out. I mean, it's not like you're going to say I'm filing a lawsuit against me mall. Right?
3: Well, if I could have got any of my fans that were sitting close to have hooked her by the arms, I'd have certainly punched her in the belly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> tremendous. I don't know why that tickles me, but it does.
3: Just Arn Anderson beating up grandmas at ringside. The worst part would have been is is if she didn't sell it. <laughs> now you've got Granny Abs. Oh God, can you imagine making a comeback? If she just starts uh, shaking her head, <laughs> oh, the, pl- <laughs> the place. Every time something like that happened, you know it, it would. You would think that it would flare everybody else up around to to start, you know, throwing shit at you and all that. But it would stand alone as like a huge pop, and you just let it breathe, you know, let it go down and and sell it. That's the best thing I could tell you to do. It's unbelievable,
2: unbelievable. Uh, Let's play one more promo. Uh, I guess there's actually, man, you were just a promo machine in this era. Uh, We've got another one here.
3: I for, loved it. Love doing promos.
2: Here we are, October 12th on the 605 show. Let's see what Arn's got to say. In the world today,
4: and right here with us now, the U.S. Heavyweight Champion, Tully Blanchard, with Baby Doll. And Arn Anderson is here to talk with us at this time. Just
1: wait one minute. I want to clarify a couple things. Dusty Rhodes, what is it going to take for you to come in this ring and defend that belt that you're claiming? Now, do I have to insult your kids? What do I have to do? Last week, we were supposed to wrestle right here in front of a billion people, and what happened? You didn't show up. Well, Tully Blanchard, you made the world television title what it is today, so now that the fact that I am the new world television title, I am claiming it, it is mine, I wanna ask you. Number one, does the world television champion dictate the time limit of the match? Arn, that's uh, most surely the way it is. A champion
6: always has that power.
1: Okay. Number two, does he or does he not say who he will defend it against? The champion has all those powers, Arn, plus the time limit.
6: He gets to choose how long the television title will be at stake.
1: Okay. The only thing, if it's my understanding, that he doesn't have power over is he's got to defend it every 30 days. Is that correct? Oh, that's right. That's National Wrestling. That's National Wrestling Alliance. Okay, Tully. Like I said, you made it what it is today, so you should know. The last time Dusty Rhodes defended that title was September the 19th in Baltimore, Maryland. So, Dusty Rhodes, from henceforth, the fact that you have no guts no backbone. I am. Let me take a look. Yeah. I am your new world television champion, whether you like it or not. Thank you very much, Tully. I for go your for your you, opinion.
4: Tully Blanchard, Baby Doll, Arn Anderson. All-
2: Dude, how great is that? It's good Wonder- stuff.
3: Well, Tully being calm and and almost stating facts, you know, was just fuel on the fire. It's such a preposterous thought that you can just take a champion, go attack him, take the title from him and defend it every week is preposterous, but it absolutely worked and it really did. And it, it put a new slant on that, that, uh, world television title. I think that until he had up until that point, man, he had gotten that, that championship red hot and I just walked in and kept fanning the flames.
2: You're gonna fan the flames with a little promo with you and Flair, and uh, a squash match for yourself on that very same edition of Six Oh Five. Uh, it's on the twelfth. Let's take a listen to you. Back at World Arn.
4: Championship Wrestling, here's the World Heavyweight Champion. It's your boy Rick Flair. Rick, as an announcer on World Championship Wrestling, as an employee of Jim Crockett Promotions, I've got to ask you, why, with a man who has done it all, do what he did to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes? Why would
6: something like that happen? Well, let me just turn things around and ask you a question. What makes you think that I gotta tolerate a guy that makes a thousand dollars a week when I make a half million dollars a year just wrestling? So when you think you can put yourself in a position, wait a minute, Rick, I'm that talking has to do with it.
5: Why did you go and hurt Dusty? He came in there to help you against the Russians, right? Didn't he save you? The three of those guys are beating up on you. He comes
4: in the ring and tries to help you. And what do you do?
6: You turn you know, around David and you him. "I'm on a very limited schedule."
4: Well, then answer the question. And as
6: hard as it might be for you to understand what a real important man does with his time, take a look at this watch. You got about another six minutes of my time because I got places to go, you know.
4: Who cares about the watch? Answer the
6: question. David, day in and day out of this magnificent life, I wake up knowing that I'm the best there is, and I know, and I'm gonna use one-year cliches. Maybe clichés. you're afraid that you aren't the best. I'm gonna use one-year cliches. Is that why you put him out? I am better than the system. Now, if you got a problem with a few friends of yours that aren't men enough to handle a big man sport, then you go sit with them and leave pro wrestling to me. And the men that think they can walk There's the three walk of you. and There's talk. three of you, right? If you're talking about me and the Anderson, yeah. that's right. We are family and we'll beat up anybody. Come on down here, honey. Come on down here. Let me ask you a question. Come on in here. Hey, by very popular demand, I hear a bunch of $2 funkies out there. What's causing all this? <laughs> this is wrestling, what is that right there? You know what? That's something your family bought and paid for because he's a national champion. You understand that? You see this? This is bought and paid for by the National Wrestling Alliance with your family and you a member of uh, it. Right. All for right. three this, and a half years, brother. You, you just shut up a 2nd like this a lot of women a I know. Second.
4: I'm going to show you. All right, we had Dusty's doctor. Dr. Right. Joseph Islanic, right. Charlotte, North Carolina. We talked to him about the serious, the nature of the injury to Dusty Rhodes. I think we all like to
5: look at it right here. I'm here at the Metrolina Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. We're here with Dr. Eswanek to talk about Dusty Rhodes and his injury. Uh, All the fans would like to know the extent of uh, his injury.
7: Um, Third-degree ankle sprains are severe injuries of the soft tissue about the ankle. Often, uh, soft tissue injury will swell as much as a a small break or a small fracture. So that uh, when one is dealing with a third degree ankle sprain, we're including injuries to the associated ligaments around the ankle, the tendons, and all the tissues that support, especially the outside or lateral side of the ankle. And um, our concerns, of course, are the amount of disruption or hair or sprain of those tissues and all the swelling that
5: it causes. Alright, an injury of that type, uh, what would be the, uh, let's say, recovery time? Uh, Obviously,
7: the problem is somewhat unpredictable. Uh, It, again, depends on the care that was taken initially. It depends on the treatment given, such as casting, his rehabilitation, and uh, his potential for healing such an injury.
5: All right, you mentioned about the care that was taken uh, before. Uh, You were told about the care. What care uh, did that help?
7: I thought that uh, very excellently followed the recommendations. When one is injured, if you can splint and hold that injury still, and if you can apply ice to the injury and not make the mistake of applying heat initially, then you can uh, really decrease the, s- the amount of swelling that you get initially. And of course, the less swelling you have to start with, the less you have to
5: get rid of. All right, the cast that is on his uh, ankle right now, that is basically to keep him his ankle immobile, so uh, you'll have time to judge uh, some more of the extent of his injury.
7: With a third-degree sprain, tissues are stretched, and we don't like to cast minor injuries because it does slow people down in the recovery. But when it's very severe, we need to rest those tissues, uh, allow those tissues which have been stretched out of position to get somewhat overlapped so that they can heal tight again. And that's the purpose of the cast. And we don't use this for the the full recovery, but it allows us to get some initial healing and initial control of swelling.
5: All right, do you have anything for, uh, let's say, our fans out there uh, playing sports uh, that might have an injury like that, what should they do uh, right at first? Splint
7: or rest the injury. Do not use the hot water and Epsom salts. Do use ice and many trainers are going with ice through the entire recovery. Please don't make the mistake of of using heat initially on an injury.
4: Well, David, Rick, there we saw it from Dr. Joseph Iwanek, Charlotte, North Carolina and I know you took a look at it as well as we
6: did a very serious injury very serious a moment ago we had a tendency to start hollering at each other that's right so let's just tone this down and tell like it is this is professional wrestling it's the most grueling sport of all professional sports i am the world's heavyweight champion i don't cry i've been stabbed i've been hit by chairs i've been beat up by everybody What's the matter? But the bottom line is All we ask. I'm is talking right now question. Let me tell you something If you like talking to me on this show You'll let me talk when I'm out here The, question. the bottom why line for these it? people right here is If you're a man You don't cry about it You take life The ups and downs If you're a real man You never go down You just stay up That's why I'm the world champion That's why this sport gold cost $800 And that costs $200 And I don't know what that cost I'd be ashamed to wear it that's why I'm wearing lizard shoes and a Rolex watch and i got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go, whoo, because I'm the world champion sucker and I don't care if you and your brother are the strongest promotion in the world. Nobody's going to take this from me unless it's done in the ring. And Dusty Rhodes, brother, ha! Oh, I hope you live through it, brother. Because if by chance you ever get that wheel operating again, you remember Ric Flair and the Andersons don't like people sticking their nose in their own personal business.
5: World heavyweight champion. I hate to say it, but he should have left you there for the Russians.
6: David, you do like about you, you always have something nice to say about me. That's right. But next time you have an opportunity, talk to your accountant and look who built the building you guys office in. Woo!
2: All right, let's talk about some cash, man. We've talked a lot about money and payoffs here on Arn in the more recent weeks. And now I'm here to talk to you about how to make some more money. If you've been paying attention to crypto over the last few years, you've probably seen it's just gone bananas. It feels like everybody I know has gotten into it, except me. I looked around and I wondered, is this like a secret or exclusive club? Because it's not like you can just run down to your local banker and sign up for this stuff, right? But Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. So whether you've been trading for years or maybe you're just getting started, Coinbase can help. Now Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend, spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app, so you can trade securely and monitor all your crypto in one place. Millions of people in over a hundred countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets, so whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin. When you sign up today at coinbase.com forward slash arn. Sign up at coinbase.com forward slash arn for $5 in free Bitcoin. Now, this offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com forward slash arn. Man, when wrestling's good, there ain't nothing better. And that whole explanation of what's going on with the injury and the doctor and the whole deal and then Flair putting an exclamation point on it. We immediately went to, a, went to the ring. You had a quick squash, and then you've got a few words for Tony Schiavone. Let's listen to those.
5: Right into the mat. Your winner, one half of the national tag team champions, Iron Anderson. Iron Anderson, the man who says he should be
4: the world television champion. No doubt about it, an impressive win on TV. I
1: am the world television champion. The only reason I don't have the belt is because Dusty Rhodes has got a home hid in his closet along with himself. But I'm gonna move on past Dusty Rhodes. He's in the archives. As you know, Tony Giovanni, David Craggett, I run with the world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, and Ole Anderson. That's an elite group in all the world. And you got a guy like Wahoo McDaniels, besides he wants to come in with that big chop, stick his nose where it don't belong. Well, Wahoo, that big chop would cave most men's, most normal men's chest in, but you're looking at a 52 inch chest, real abnormal. So let me ask you something, Wahoo, when I bend that arm behind your back and slam you on it four or five times, how good are you at left-handed chops? Tony Giovanni, take a good look. You're looking at the mecca of manhood. I am the world television champion henceforth, and that's one example of how I'm gonna defend it, Arne Anderson. We'll be back right after this.
2: What do you say, Arne? Shall we get some Mecca of Manhood T-shirts going?
3: Well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Dude. Yeah. I, you know, I I I just love talking about myself in those days. I thought I was a big deal. Well, it I turn, was a big deal. Turns out you are. But you know what? As I watch this this show unravel today and the layers and all the things that are starting to build that one little hint. And I didn't know it then, you know, I was by grouping Tully and Rick and Oli and myself just talking about it. I think there might've been some seeds forming that I didn't even know were forming at the time.
2: It's uh it's pretty remarkable when you think about all the different layers, like you're talking about, not only with the whole Russian component, but now with the belts, I mean, you personally help put Dusty on the shelf and claim his belt, and then Flair just casually mentions, nobody's taking this from me, which, of course, means that when Dusty can return, he's going to challenge for it, and Starca- Starcade is set. Um, really, really fun stuff. Uh, y- you keep the train on the track. October 18th, Richmond, Virginia, you're at the Coliseum. Uh, Magnum TA is going to be... Uh, defeating Tully Blanchard by DQ it's a steel cage match, but all of a sudden you interfere and, uh, at some point dusty enters the cage after the referee has been knocked down and counts Blanchard down for three. Of course that doesn't make it official, but the fans in the arena thought, wow, that means Magnum's the U S champ. Uh, of course that did not happen, but the next day it is official. It's now been 30 days since dusty has defended his television championship. So the NWA would strip dusty of the NWA television title on October 19th, 1985, 30 days after he defended it. Just like you said on TV, it's almost like you're a damn soothsayer here. Arn, you predicted this, you called your
3: shot. Well, it's important to keep up with, you know, rules and regulations, and you gotta have them even in professional wrestling. If you don't have some rules and regulations, it's just going to be grown up, pitch up and smear, and that's not going to work. So, you know, you got to keep, got to keep in mind. Okay. How can I play the system to my favor? And that's one way to do it.
2: You're uh, going to be working a squash match on the mid Atlantic show on the 19th. And, uh, then in reality. Uh, you're at the Coliseum in Greensboro on October 19th, teaming with Oli to take on uh, the tag champs, Ricky and Robert. Uh, and then on the 20th, you're back at the Omni and you're going to find yourself going on last as Magnum TA Ron Garvin and Wahoo McDaniel. They're going to defeat Tully, Ole, and Arn in a bunkhouse match, uh, man, the main event at the Omni in a bunkhouse match. And you're walking in with a belt around your waist. Boy, if little Marty Lundy could see you now, huh?
3: wow, I don't know that it gets any better than that. You know, just think about the association with everyone involved, partners, opponents. You know, I was I was just looking around. Pretty much, I bet you, if I can go back in time and get into, you know, my emotional state, I was just in awe. The only way I could put it, of the whole situation. Placement on the card. Omni um, being what it was and, and a bunkhouse, you know, match. If you thought it was violent, us trying to get out of that cage, you can imagine six guys going at it where there are no rules.
2: Let's talk about Wahoo for a minute here. And then we're going to play some, uh, some promos from the 26th on the 24th of October in 1985, a wrestling fan named David parks is awarded a $35,000 judgment uh, in a civil matter against Wahoo McDaniel. And this all stemmed from an incident back in Greensboro on September 22nd, 1984, where parks allegedly suffered a broken nose. Wahoo was not appearing in court for the decision. Previously, he gave a no contest plea in the criminal case. And, um, he didn't have to go to jail. He didn't have to pay any fines, but then Mr. Parks took it to uh, the civil court. And won a $35,000 judgment, I know you weren't involved, but I bring this up because it does, it does seem to maybe set a precedent. Uh, was this even discussed in this era, in the backstage amongst the boys?
3: I don't think so. That would have been a hush, hush something. And I don't think you would have wanted any comments to go in the newspaper someone talk about it on the radio or whatever the deal would be. I mean, that would court proceedings and outcomes and all that. I think you would probably want to sit on that, but it was common, you know, it, you know, lawsuits, you know, if you're you're making your way down the aisle and a guy sucker punches you in those days and just without thinking you turn around and you blast the guy and you knock him unconscious or something or hurt him or split his head or bust his nose or whatever you were regarded as a professional fighter in a court of law in those days. And they, even though the guy, if it was just two guys in a bar and the one guy whacks one and the other one gives him one shot back, that guy's not going to be held accountable. But in our situation in those days, we were,
2: it's a good thing. You didn't punch that grandma in the belly.
3: Is it not? yeah, no joke. God, she wouldn't have sold it and then sued me and got my Cadillac at the time or something. Damn it.
2: <laughs> Let's play a promo here from worldwide. Uh, October 26, 1985.
4: champion that
1: is not your championship belt. you stole
4: that belt we all know it
1: i would expect an ignorant remark like that to come out of you david crockett we all saw it david crockett there are those people in this world that have things that's double a telly blanchard united states heavyweight champion only anderson one half the national tag team champions and my cousin rick flair the world heavyweight champion we're the people that have things people that want things you got dusty Rhodes, you got magnum ta you got this muscle head that's just come on the scene billy jack haynes they want things but the difference david crockett is when you get hurt you get injured you got to put a little icy heart on it you got to wrap it up you got to tape it and then you got to go for it the fact is i've got the guts i've got the determination and i do have the world television title
4: all right,
1: let's get a break.
2: We'll be back right after this. So there you go. You start showing up with the television title. Pretty good little booking there. I dig that, man. You uh you stated your claim and then you show up with it, right?
3: Yes, sir. Absolutely. And it, you know, as bogus as the concept may seem to people, each week that went by and no one took it away from me, it started to sink in. Well, damn, they they must be honoring this situation or something it it almost just became fact which is really really the nature of the business back then making them believe that some preposterous scenario had just occurred but making them believe that it really happened david crockett you know i'm I'm back listening to you know the last couple of of uh promos that that, that he was doing and trying to get information he comes across as a frustrated civilian tremendously, doesn't he? Like a straight man. Yes. I don't think he probably got enough credit in those days, you know, because he's just always trying to get at the truth. He's not, you know, one minute he's not opinionated and he's just a journalist trying to get, get to the bottom of something. And then he starts throwing his personal opinion in like any normal person would that gets frustrated. So he might've should've got a little more credit for some of this stuff.
2: No doubt. Let's, um, let's take a listen to October 26th on the regular program, the 605 program.
4: Arn Anderson along with Nature Boy Ric Flair. As you saw last week when we tried to talk to Dusty Rhodes, this man to my right who I hope will join me right now came in and just stole the belt right away from Dusty Rhodes. I mean, you actually just, it's like being a thief,
1: stole the belt right away. Tony Giovanni, I feel like either a whatnot chef or the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, I don't know what to do with all the belts. Somebody get a shot of this, will you? Look at the titles that I have achieved, and this one I'm especially proud of, because Ole said go on out and do it on your own. Well, Dusty Rhodes, if you're not mad enough to take the injuries, and you're not mad enough to get out here and defend this belt, then I'll do it for you, and I'll start right here today. And if you're calling me a thief, I'm gonna tell you like it is. Anybody wants this belt is going to have to take it, and I don't think the two of you combined are mad enough or anybody else. You understand what I'm
4: saying? Speaking of taking the belt, let's take a look at exactly what happened. <laughs> the history of professional wrestling, the left ankle, the left foot of this man right here, and we are very, very glad to see him back. We're talking about the world television champion and welcoming him back with me, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes.
6: Two things, two things need to be said real quick
1: when I face the nation right now about this situation. I'd like to thank all the fans that send me the many cards and letters. I'd like to apologize publicly for the dates that I'm unable to make, the that I'm unable to make because it's never in my history of my career of wrestling I was unable to perform. The hurt inside of me goes a lot deeper hey, than just before. Hey, Don't hey, you hey, even boy, come boy, out! Your Get them off me! Get Stop!
4: What in the world is going on? There he was. The man was down. He just stole the belt right from him.
1: Just because Dusty Rhodes is a clumsy buffoon and can't stand up, that's beside the point. I think there was a famous Broadway play that had a heck of a run, Tony Giovanni. It was called Promises, Promises. Well, you, i tell you what, Dusty Rhodes. You keep on promising, and I'll keep on producing. I'm your world television champion.
4: There he is, Arn Anderson. He stole that belt. Look right away from yes, him. Let's
2: you go do. to the ring. What do you think? Uh, I don't promise. I produce t-shirt. Maybe at box You're just a quote machine right here, dude. You're uh, you're in the zone. I'm full of them. Aren't I? I? I love that. That skit where you've got dusty on crutches with a cast his jeans cut. So the cast can still hang and, uh, out you come just kick his leg out from under him. Take his belt and just walk away.
3: Less well, is more. If it wasn't so dishonorable, it would almost be honorable, wouldn't it?
2: It's great one, stuff.
3: One kick, commit the grand theft, and disappear into the night.
2: It's no Sweet. wonder that he's. It's no wonder that he's looking for some revenge after you left him laying in the cage. Now you took his belt. What's left, man?
3: His dignity. Well, Dusty Rhodes was bigger than life. Every time I saw him in a hallway or on a plane or in a, in a restaurant or in the ring or wherever you saw him, he reeked of confidence. He reeked of being in control of the room. He had star power that just oozed out of him. So anytime you could have a rub with dusty roads, no matter what the situation was, you could bump into him, you know, walking down the hall. You were better for it. You were elevated in the people's minds because the guy was a megastar. And to get him down and get him hurt and have him have to go on television and say, I can't go, man, that's in those days, that was huge heat.
2: No doubt about it. You've put hard times on the American Dream, Dusty Roads, and uh, next week we're gonna keep the train rolling because we're gonna talk about the formation of the Horsemen. I can't believe this happened in back-to-back months, but it did. And uh, by the way, you get all these shows early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com, including live interactive experiences with Arn every single month. You don't want to miss it. See what everybody's talking about, or as Arn likes to say. What's cause in all this it's adfreeshows.com, and we'll be back next week with another episode of your favorite wrestling podcast. It's Arn. Hey, real quick. Want to give a shout out to our man, friend of the show, teacher, rapper, DJ, and hero Megaran. He's working on a new album. It's going to be all the fun of the classic video games, comic books, pro wrestling references that you're used to, but with one added element, Bah, scared. Ball. Live 95 is the title, and he's raising funds for it right now on Kickstarter. With your help, the album will release on digital, CD, custom USB, and even limited picture vinyl. Support tiers start as low as 10 bucks with tons of perks like snapback hats, tops trading cards, and the ability to record a skit and appear on the album. Sounds like a good time to me. Back Megaran's new project, Live 95, at megaran.com forward slash Kickstarter. Let me just tell you, Megaran is a wrestling fan, just like me and you, uh, we've connected a few times at our different conventions and live shows, uh, cooler than the other side of the pillow, love to support wrestling fans who are doing their thing. And I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, you're going to love it. Go check it out. If you love classic video games or comic books or pro wrestling or basketball, this is for you. Take a look Megaran.com forward slash Kickstarter. That's M E G a R a N.com forward slash Kickstarter. MegaRand.com/ forward slash Kickstarter, help a brother out. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end. When people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA. John brings his skewed
0: sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together.